Hello, welcome to Awesome with Allison. I'm Allison, and my only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at me, laughing with me, or learning something new and helpful, I hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I've got my producer, husband, and lover with me, Eric. Hey guys, how's it going? This is Eric Robertson. (laughs) I'm here in the studio with my beautiful wife. Thanks for having us. We're in Pleasant Pictures Studio. The best studio in Provo, Utah. Well, you know, it's a hot place to be. Um, And we're excited to be here on this podcast number two. (laughs) (laughs) What are you, a radio DJ? I wish I had sound effects. Jeez. Today we are going to talk about taking the leap to work for yourself. And I thought that the second podcast would be a great time to talk about this because Eric and I both work for ourselves. Huh, babe? We do. We do. What do you want me to say? I'm just Don't look at me like that. Yes, we work for ourselves. It's great. It's wonderful. Actually, that's why I'm not talking yet because we're going to get into that stuff later. So to give you a little bit of context, and I've shared this, you know, a few places online, but, you know, a refresher can always be helpful, and you might be new to me, Allison. (laughs) Um, I have a degree in advertising. I, well, I mean, let's go back before that. Let's go back to your childhood, which is pretty interesting. (laughs) College is not when life starts for most people. Some people uh, maybe. No, it started before that. I think it's interesting to note that I did start my own business when I was nine or ten. I made bracelets and beaded necklaces and would go down to a local coffee shop and I would put them in her shop and she would sell them. And I did that with some friends. And then with those same friends, uh, we did a babysitter's camp. We made flyers. We came up with a concept. We like had all these children come, and it honestly really wasn't that safe. I don't know why people. <laughs> we were like super young. We were like thirteen, maybe. How many did you sell? I want to say we had at least fifteen to twenty kids there, and we took them swimming. And we did this thing called Bubble Mountain, and we put like liquid dish soap in the spa so that it would make this huge um and like the in the hot spa like next to the pool Mm -hmm. and so it made this huge mountain of bubbles and we like would straight up almost lose kids it was like very who was officially in charge here (laughs) i'm sure our parents should have been (laughs) but they uh were in business together and they just were into that entrepreneurial spirit uh so So, uh you're Kids get neglected. Kids get neglected. That's you shouldn't let me watch your children. To this day, I don't. I tell my friends, you know, if they shouldn't let me watch their children. Well, not shouldn't let you. You won't watch other people's. It's kids. true. I don't like watching other people's. But, you, but kids. you're very charitable and give in other ways. So. Well, that's nice of you to throw in there. <laughs> yeah, but don't ask her to watch your kids. I don't want to. I love you. Um, so in college, you know, work through college, I have a degree in advertising, and it's actually in the creative track. And so I did an internship during college with Hallmark Cards. I have a minor in graphic design, a minor in English. And at the time, you know, my advertising degree had, again, I was part of this creative track. It was a 12-person program. I went to BYU, Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. And uh, it was a 12-person track. And I focused on copywriting, which is, you know, writing any of the words that have to go with an ad 
had website, um, but I was very altruistic and deep and philosophical in college, obviously, as I am today. And <laughs> uh, I decided I didn't want to work at an ad agency, and I went and got an internship with Hallmark Cards, and that was in Kansas City? 2006. I can't even believe you remember the year. This is what's so crazy about it. Nobody from BYU had ever gotten an internship there. It was this huge, huge process. I had to write all of these spec cards, and it was a dream because I wanted to have my own line of cards. I was so excited. I could not believe I got the internship. It was a really, I mean, it was really uh, hard to get, and it was this, I was so excited. So I'm going to Kansas City for the summer, and guess who else was living in Kansas City that summer? This guy. My Eric. And we had gone at the, I I forgot. We had gone on a couple of dates at that point, but I wasn't into him um, because he had told me to settle down on our second date or calm down. Was it calm down or settle down? I don't remember. Either way, I was horribly offended. And he was dating this girl. He was (laughs) dating. He was dating this girl. I was dating this guy. But we were both in Kansas City for the summer imagine that no but it was crazy what were you doing i was uh managing a team of dish network installers basically all the all my friends i conned them into coming out with me for a second well this is actually you know pertinent to our point because eric has all of these phenomenal managerial skills which have really served him as he does his own business and he got that from that job that he had. So anyway, when I graduated from college, I worked at an ad agency. Uh, We got married. We ended up dating, you know, later. And then we got married right after I graduated from college. I worked at an ad agency in Salt Lake. And that was phenomenal because it was a small agency. I let my moral slip, guys, and I worked for advertising. No, I loved it because it was a small agency, which meant when I did a radio commercial, I didn't just write the radio commercial. I produced it. I picked the voice talent. I went when they did the voiceover. And hi, is that helping me today? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to Philadelphia for Eric's job. Mm-hmm. That was 2009. I I I could never tell you the dates, like never in a million years, but it was apparently in 2009. So I quit my job at that point and I started working freelance. Um, I had started blogging. My blog was called She Blogs, She Blogs, like Ricky Martin, She Bangs, She Bangs. And I was very consistent with my blog when I worked at the ad agency in Salt Lake City because I would blog every morning when I went into work. <laughs> And so my blog started to grow and it was just a writing blog and I would just share my thoughts as I love to do and (laughs) just can't stop me. And then I was doing some freelance and I was, you know, loving to bake and do crafts. So I started trying to blog about that. And then we were in Philadelphia and then we moved back to Provo. Mm Mm-hmm. We didn't move back to Salt Lake because Eric owned a house in Provo before we were married and there was Provo City housing laws and we had to move back to Provo. And so then I just kind of worked freelance. I worked for BYU TV freelance for a while. I got pregnant. I was blogging, just basically having a good time, Um, (laughs) building my hobby when I felt like it, picking up a few jobs here and there. And Eric, meanwhile, what were you doing? I I had uh, been promoted... Um, with that same, in that same job, I became like a regional manager and I was managing 
uh, multiple offices. So I wasn't like living. It was like a summer sales thing, yeah. but a year round job for him. So I just managed technicians, you know, the guys that would go into the houses and put holes in people's walls. Excellent. I work. taught him how to do that. Very um, handy. Yeah. Very handy. <laughs> you need a hole in your wall. Hit me up. Call that guy. Um, yeah. So I was doing that, but I was doing music on the side. I always knew that eventually music would be my career, but it was very hard to do that full time when I was making pretty good money and had insurance and mm -hmm. you were pregnant. And So I was pregnant with our second little monster, Rad. And when was that? He was born in 2013. So well, it was when, the end of when it all went down, you know what I'm leading to right now, right? In the end of 2012. Do you want to share what happened? Yeah, the company downsized, like cut half the people. And I fortunately, I know it sounds contradictory, but... I fortunately lost my job, which was great. It was terrible at the time because we had a child and Allison was pregnant. Yeah, so pregnant with our second baby, Eric loses his job and he thought he might. And we had talked about it because they were downsizing and he came home and was like, well, what did you say? I think you're well, I'm free. Yeah. I think that's what you said. I'm free. I'm free. He's free. I didn't say it happily, though. Yeah, but um, I had a lot of peace. I, I just remember feeling so peaceful, no panic. Um, I felt the opposite. Yeah, but I felt great about it. I mean, I knew it wasn't... I don't know. I just felt peaceful about it. And I just... What I remember most about that is how long we hugged. We just hugged for a long time. Mm -hmm. In the kitchen of our old house. In the kitchen, yeah. And I guess one reason I wasn't panicked at all is I knew he immediately had another job offer. Uh, the company that had made it so his company was downsizing was acquiring a lot of the people who were being let go. So I knew without a doubt that if he wanted that, you know, another job, he could take it. Um, but as... I don't know, just as it all played out, I was like, look, I've been having fun building a brand. And that's what I always said. My dad, you know, my dad's an entrepreneur and he would say, what are you doing with this blog? What are you doing here? You should do this. You should start an ad agency. You should hire out your services. You should do this. And I kept saying, I'm building a brand. I'm building a brand. And I was, I was, and I still am. I built my business backwards. I built a brand first and then a business after. And when Eric lost his job, I looked at him and I said, um, I'm going to start making money. And I took it from a hobby to a job. And I told him I didn't want him to uh, take that other job. He yeah, hadn't even so, been offered it. Well, I, I went and like, got another job in the oh, same yeah. industry but it didn't feel right and it was kind of like out of a sense of duty that I got it. I did not really want to do it it didn't yeah. feel it's like oh my gosh am I really getting into this again the thing that I've always wanted to leave and then you came in with your confidence and said well let's just do our thing confidence ignorance confidence ignorance <laughs> It doesn't Naivety. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. And I just said, he's a brilliant musician. And I knew without a doubt that that's what he was put on the earth to do. And I wanted him to do it. Yeah. Well, I'd already been doing, you know, I'd already had pay, paying gigs throughout the years while I was working in, you mm -hmm. know, security. But um, 
it wasn't, it definitely wasn't a full-time thing. And so the scariest thing was like, okay, well now this needs to be a full-time thing. Well, this, well now I need customers and I need clients and I need yeah. people to give me money. Yeah. So that's where it was super overwhelming is I yeah. knew I had the talent, but I didn't have the people to pay me. Yeah. So what do you do? What did you do? What did we do? I know. What did <laughs> no, we do? Like, I don't even remember. Why, why are people giving us money? <laughs> we tricked everybody. We did. So here's what I did. I sat down and I just, you guys, I, I still need a little bit of help. I just hired an accountant. So I'm doing <laughs> I really, <laughs> I sat down and made a list of all the money I was making, all the things I was doing, because I was picking up odd jobs, contributing to other blogs, but um, I was spending a lot of time and money on a lot of things. Again, I had that luxury of building a brand um, as a hobby without really needing to make money initially. And so then when the time came and I just said, okay, it's not a hobby anymore. It's a business. And I started treating it like a business and expecting the results of a business. And here's the thing about business. You have to make money. Um, it's not just for funsies. And so I started looking at the things I was doing. And at the time, I oh, I realized I was selling these mobiles, these leather mobiles online. And I had sold lots of things online, lots of patterns, sewing patterns on Etsy, stationery that absolutely nobody bought. I have a How to Be Awesome series. My first video, I just rewatched it the other day. I talk all about... Um, my stationery on Etsy that I made that nobody bought and um, how I sold at crafts fair, craft fairs and nobody bought anything. Um, but then I, I hit on this one product. So I started, um, I found a girl to make the mobiles for me because I dreaded making them. I just liked, uh, I was over sewing with leather. And then I just, I started doing other things. I rebranded to the Allison show. I started going to blogging conferences and I just started creating tons of content. And when you put quality content out there, uh, people come to you and want you to make content for them. That's, that's exactly how I, I... That's what you did too, huh? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have... Um, I didn't have like steady income. So I went and I made a few albums. And from those albums, I, I, I started getting... So when he says he went and he made a few albums, this is what I want you to picture. I had just had Rad... And um, <laughs> just given birth to a child and he doesn't have like a job that he needs to be at. Right. So I'm thinking like, hey, help me. I just had a baby and we have another baby. And he is in this tiny little room of our house that he turned into a studio because that's all we had and working till 3 a.m., 4 a.m., working on these albums that there was nowhere for these albums to go. He had no buyers, no reason to be making them. Yeah. Well, yeah. But no, but to say what happened. Um, well, one of the albums was a religious album. I'm a religious person. We've, and so, and so we've, I, we've covered that. Well, yeah. So I, I like arranged uh, 10 hymns that I loved and kind of modernized them and, and got some friends and people to sing on them. Um, that, um, album, that album later got picked up by Desert Book and is now... In sale there, on sale there, which is pretty cool. But another thing I did is I I networked with a local music scene. I went and met people, and I met a really amazing vocalist named Scott Shepard, and we did a project called Oceaneer. And just from that EP that we did, I got a lot of interest from bands and artists wanting to work with me. 
So the album that he worked on, and I, you've said this before, you know, it was kind of a, a hard time and a dark time. And so working on those hymns gave you a lot of comfort. Yeah, it was like, um, I, it was something that I fell back on because I did feel pretty desperate. Like I needed something and working on those hymns gave me a lot of peace and and I had no idea what was going to happen with him, but I felt like I should do it. And he released an album that went on iTunes and then was later picked up by Deseret Book, which is a distributor who distributes religious um, books and music. Right. So while Eric is working on his music and he has some albums that are starting to get picked up and I don't know what else you were doing, started working with bands. Well, and I emailed a bunch of ad agencies oh, yeah. and emailed people that I'd worked with in the past. And I just said, hey, I'm going full time, so let me know what you need. Here's my rates. And I just tried to make it as easy as possible for them to hire me and use me. Because it's hard if someone says, hey, I'm doing this whatever full time. Well, great. I don't know your rates. I don't know how to pay you. I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know your pr- portfolio. Yeah. So I made a website. Yeah. And just made it, tried to like brand myself as what I thought I was and tried to make it really easy for yeah clients and people to use and me. And who helped you write your website? my Me. educated wife <laughs> and meanwhile on the allison show uh i think i'd started doing some parties and when i started doing parties then i realized i was doing them for brands and then i realized that it was more effective for me to do parties on behalf of myself and try to bring on sponsors. And nobody was doing this. This was completely like unheard of. And I started calling it my 5K uh, like party business model. And I'm like, it's like a 5K. Like you have the name of the 5K, like a fun run. And then you put the sponsor's name on the back of the t-shirt. And so this was just kind of like revolutionary for influencers, um, which, you know, is like an Instagram or a blogger or somebody who has an audience online. And I had been doing a series of events for Microsoft. I had met a contact from Microsoft at a blogging conference. The reason I went and talked to the person at the uh, just a random person I didn't know they worked for Microsoft I went up and talked to her because I was with my friend Susan Peterson of Freshly Picked and we're gonna have her on a podcast episode soon and Susan was like you need to go talk to three more people before we leave and I was like I don't want to talk to anybody and so I just went up and started talking to anybody to have you know a good time and it turned into this amazing relationship and Man, you guys, we just keep doing it. I think that's what happens. We yeah. we were able to buy a new house last year. We don't stop and we fight over who gets to work more. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one thing we do fight over is who gets to work more. Who has to watch the kids? <laughs> who has to watch the kids? And so yeah, I thought I would just touch on our schedule a little bit because I think people find that interesting. Um, last year, 2016, was a busy year for me in that I picked up a headline sponsorship with LuLaRoe to do three events, and I had already done one event. So I do my all female dance parties. But here's the thing that the dance parties are not my whole business. Uh, they're, I don't intend them to be my whole business. It was that was the focus last year because that was the contract that worked out and it was an awesome focus. I'm super happy I got to do it. But it, I wanted to start this podcast almost two years ago and I've wanted to do a lot of things uh, put out a lot more content and keep going in that way and I've had to I don't know put some things on pause because 
sometimes you have to make money, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So true. Um, yeah, she doesn't stop. And even Neither when, do you. Well, even when she stopped, she's not stopped. That's true. Um, yeah. Can't stop, but, won't stop. But I think the key is, is we both found things that we actually enjoy. For yeah. the most, for the most part. Yeah, not everything I do, I love. I mean, I love why I am doing everything. I love my why. Um, and then you know when I am staring at a newsletter list, trying to figure out how to segment a group, and I want to poke my eyes out. Yeah, I don't love that. Yeah, but <laughs> she doesn't like administrative stuff. I hate administrative stuff. I feel like it's strangling me to death. And we're very grateful for the pe- for the people who do know how to do it. Yes. And I think that that's something to know. I think that there is a lot of glory and a lot of praise. Um, and it is really idolized, especially in this um, online culture that you work for yourself and how to start your own business. And here's what it comes down to, guys. Working for yourself is awesome. Having your own business is awesome. And if it makes you happy, yes, do it. Eric and I both love it. We do it. It works for us. But I also need people to work with me and to be a part of what I'm building. And I absolutely cannot do it alone. Eric can absolutely not do it alone. And I have the most respect for a person who is um, living a well-balanced life that is fulfilling and they're finding joy out of that, I have the most respect for that person. So whether or not they work for themselves or they or they work for someone else, I think a joyful, balanced life where you're contributing to the highest good is the goal, right? Yeah. And so, but because we do know a lot of people are hoping to work for themselves or maybe you work for, you know, you have another job, but you want to do something on the side too. We thought we would share um, what we like most about working for ourselves, what we like least about working for ourselves and what we would say to someone to help them get started. So to paint a picture of what right now looks like for me, Allison of the Allison show, I have an office. It's about five to 10 minutes from our house. I go into the office from roughly 10 to 11 um, a.m. to about 4 or 5 p.m. most days. In the mornings, Eric is home with the kids, and then we have a cute, one of our cute college girl nannies comes in the afternoon. Eric works at his in-home studio. He no longer has his big studio. Why did you do that, babe? Uh, Because I thought... Um, in running my own business, I thought I wanted a big studio where I was recording bands and I found out that I didn't like that. I wanted to go back to more composing and doing, you know, things that I just needed a smaller, more confined, cozy, cozy space for. So when we were able to move our house, there was this unfinished room in the basement. He turned that into a studio and it was amazing. It was like his top priority. It happened We had one conversation where I was like, yeah, that could be cool. Turn that into a studio. And then it was literally there were people doing construction on it the next day. I don't wait. Like, in my mind, I didn't even think it was a set thing. And people were like tearing down walls. (laughs) Now she's jealous. I am jealous. I love your studio. So so tell them what your day looks like now working. Uh, My day works. The nanny comes either at 11 a.m. or noon. And I work until like 4 or 5 and then. We all we all uh, reconvene about five o'clock, and we have dinner. We hang out. We do stuff with the kids, and then when we put them down for the night, most most I'm mean, probably half half the nights of the week we go both go back to work. I go downstairs to the studio, 
and she gets on the laptop and we do a couple more hours of work. And this was this this year was a big sacrifice for Eric. Um it was it was really awesome. Um I was just you know, like we said, the only thing we really fight about is who gets to work more. And family is our absolute top priority. We want to be spending as much time with our family as possible, but we also need to provide (laughs) for the family. And I got some big contracts last year and Eric was working on, you know, just like some, he had a lot of awesome projects, but they weren't as time consuming. And so, whereas I used to stay home in the mornings more with the kids, Eric was like, you go in and I'll stay home and um, in the mornings. And so I've been in the office a little bit more than I would like to tell myself I'll be there all the time. And that's what I tell myself is what my work looks like right now is not what my work will always look like. And um, I get to choose that and I get to do that. And a child just walked into the studio. (sighs) Hi, Ginger. What you doing? <laughs> Just a second. <laughs> okay, we got the child back to bed. Probably not, but she's out of the <laughs> studio <laughs> for the time being. Um, and so I think that's a perfect lead-in for what we each wanted to share, what we like best about working for ourselves, what we like least about working for ourselves, and what we would tell someone to help them get started. You want to... You want yeah, to kick I'll it start. off? So I was, I wrote, I wrote down a couple of things, my favorite things. And then I wrote down my, the things that are the worst part. And the funny thing is, is they're both the same thing. Oh my gosh. I did that same thing too. You did? No, I swear I did. I wrote the same answer for each question. <gasps> okay. My, my, my top thing that I love about me doing my own thing is the security, which I know oh. sounds so, which, because I didn't write that. I'm probably over overly confident. No, you're not. Okay. Well, I believe in my skills and I believe in my whatever. And your chutzpah. No one. I can't get fired. Who's going to fire me? I'm not going to fire you. I can't. You know, I could fire myself and just you know eat Twinkies all day. I would never do that. I've had two Twinkies. (laughs) She's had Twinkies. Yeah, she has. I love Twinkies so much. It's true. If Hostess wants to sponsor this show, please. We'll talk about Twinkies all the time. I love them. So the security, I love that so much because I literally cannot be fired. Um, Another thing that I love are the hours. Mm. I can work from 12 to 5. Now, sometimes I have a deadline that I got to work late or whatever. Yeah. You know, and I can't control Mm -hmm. that. But for the most part, I control my hours. What's the worst thing about this? The security. Yeah, this is hysterical. I wrote the same answer too. I, but it's different than yours. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we can all just look at this backwards. The security. Yeah. You know, if I have a dry spell, that kind of sucks. And then the hours. The hours are sometimes awful. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, I. It's freaking midnight. I don't want to work. Yeah. Because it's midnight. But I have to do this thing right now. But then when I'm not working at like. 9 a.m. I go, oh, that's why I'm working at midnight. <laughs> when I had another job, you go in from, you know, 9 to 5, and you go home at 5, and you're done. You, you yeah. can't go to work. You get to take that hat off. My work is in my house. So it is never done. Sometimes the hours are never done. Yeah. You can just keep going and going. Okay, that's so crazy, because what I said, the thing I love best is the limitless possibility and the exponential growth. And I love not knowing exactly 
uh, what is going to happen. I love that. And um, growth is one of my main motivating factors in life, in every aspect of life, personal growth, uh, physical, like challenging myself growth. And um, so in my work and in, in my job that the that I have exponential growth, there is absolutely no cap, no limit. I find that insanely exciting and rewarding. And the thing I like least is... <laughs> limitless possibilities and exponential growth and the other side of that sword is um, because the possibilities are limitless sometimes because I tend to get excited about a lot of things I'm multi-passionate it's hard for me to pick a focus and stay on that focus and what I've learned more than anything else in working for myself and just life in general is consistency. Consistency is king. And the things that I have been consistent at always, always yield a great return. And so um, that's that's actually one of my big focuses for the year is being consistent at a few things. And so when I have limitless possibility, especially in the type of work that I do, it really is limitless. It's honestly, whatever I feel like doing at the moment, um, it's hard to, it's hard to grow. Uh, and it's also hard to hire people because I keep changing what I'm doing. So it's hard to like have a position and the exponential growth. Um, so what I'm finally learning is because I have, um, because when I launch something or do something, um, there's not like, Oh, that was successful period done. Like there's like there's no actual requirements I have to hit for something to be successful, which is hard for you. Oh, yeah, because I love to check off a list and I like gold stars and I like knowing I did a good job. And you're and and this is serves you well. You're, you're a perfectionist. Well, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. And so it's never good enough. So and it's I'm never like, good. Are enough. you kidding me? Yeah. So no amount of Instagram likes or no amount of. The time my dance party sells out could never be fast enough to impress me or the fact that it sells out doesn't impress me. Um, Literally nothing I do. But she's grateful for it. I'm I'm humbled and grateful. I'm just not impressed. With herself. With myself. Yeah. She loves everyone. I do love everyone. I'm yeah. But just with. But I'm, that's what I'm working on is setting parameters and defining what success looks like so that I can be impressed with myself. Or in other words, I can say, whoa, Allison, take a step back. That was good. Good job. You're awesome. <laughs> you have been a lot better lately. Yeah, I really have. And I have just a... Um, it has really taken my free-floating anxiety and slayed it and just eliminated a good deal of, deal of it from my life is I'm constantly working on releasing myself of expectations, which is ironic because I'm also saying that by setting some measurable expectations, I release myself of expectations. and the But I create expectations that are not numbers usually. And so I recently uh, launched my Allison's Year of Awesome and it is my monthly calendar. I decided to make it free and you can subscribe to that through my newsletter and every month I'm sending out a free calendar. And it took so much time and a lot of money to get that going um, more than I was anticipating, but I've released myself of expectations, so I'm not upset about it. And I went to launch it. I did one Instagram post and I got 
more newsletter subscribers than, I mean, I got like a third of the amount I I already had in my 10 years of blogging. Now, granted, I've never really pushed my newsletter, um, but the response was so huge and so satisfying. And I had no expectations. I had no expectations for it. Um, But what I set as the marker of success for the newsletter was that it was something that I was so excited about that I would want to stop random people on the street and tell them about it. That it was something that I was so proud of and had so much pride in that um, I genuinely wanted to share it with every single person that I could. And I was at the bookstore the other day and I was looking at the planner section. I was looking for something else and these girls were looking at planners and I wanted to go up to them and say, I have this free monthly calendar on my blog and you guys should download it. You would love it. I didn't do it. Um, but I thought, you know what? That is success that I created something that I like and and feel will benefit people that much that I want to go and stop random people and tell them about it. So anyway, um, Eric and I, it was so funny, the same answer for what we like best, what we like least. For Eric, it's the security. For me, it's the limitless potential, the exponential growth. And then, Eric, what would you tell someone that you want to help get started? I would say, just from my experience, like, if if you're looking to... I mean, there's so many things. So this isn't the one pearl, but this is something Mm -hmm. that I wish someone would have told me. Um, Is make it as easy as possible for someone to hire you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just for example, I will never buy something on a website if they don't have a PayPal PayPal link. If I have to put my credit card, I will go somewhere else. I usually do too. I really do. Yeah. That's just one example. Yeah. Because I can't, I don't memorize my credit card numbers. You can. It, that's probably bad if you have it memorized. The credit card number? Yeah, it means you're using it too much. <laughs> I think most PayPal people do. PayPal is actual cash, so. Yeah, that's a good I'm point. I'm just saying, so, I yeah. mean, people have to. You have to make it easy. Make it easy. I mean, easy the client breezy, should be able to beautiful. find you. They should be able to buy your product. Yeah. It should be photographed well if it's a physical product. Yeah. It should be. It should be very easy to, to purchase because everything is so streamlined and clean and slick. If you're not that way, people people are going to overlook it. Well, and this is one of my favorite business principles uh, in marketing and branding in life is people do not care about your product. They care about you solving their problem. And that is just... I <laughs> That works in relationships, too. I mean, like, it, it's not about you, period. It's so often in life not about about us. Mm-hmm. It's about either the higher purpose, the person we're serving. Um, yeah, so I love that. Make it easy. And sometimes you need an outside perspective maybe to show you how you're complicating things. And I feel like this is all great because I feel like this is all applicable to life in any project that you want to mm-hmm. start, whether you want to start your own business, whether you want to start a fitness routine, whether you want to start a hobby or a side project or a new relationship. Um, <laughs> I feel like these principles apply. Make it easy. Make it simple. Make it easy. Make it easy, baby. Okay. So my, you know, thing I would say to help somebody get started is don't apologize. Don't apologize. If you feel called to do it, do it. And then back it up. Do the freaking 
work. And I think that's what it boils down to is Eric and I do a ton of work that is unpaid, a ton of work that is free. We've spent hours and hours and hours. This podcast is an example. Um, I feel called to share. Sharing is caring. I feel called to share. This is time. This is money. We're not seeing any return from it yet. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not about, it's not about the I don't know. It's not about the money. The money will come if uh, if you're if you're creating quality work and if you feel called to do it. And so that's my tip: is don't apologize. Do it. And I feel like I apologized for too long. I feel like I apologized uh, in jest. I apologized for giving myself my own show. I apologized when I started needing to charge money for things. Yes, that. That was petrifying for you. Yeah, it's hard for me. It was really, really hard for me to assign value to myself and say, I'm worth this much money. Freaking give me this much money. And I still waver in that. Sometimes I'll be like, people should give me so much money. And then when they do, I'm like, why did they give me any money? (laughs) And then I'm mad at the end because they should have given me more. (laughs) Dollars follow value. Oh, yeah. That was one of the things I learned that kind of changed my perspective on things. And that doesn't mean it'll come in the way you think it will. Exactly. I've made money very differently. My my blog, my everything looks different than what I thought it was going to look like. I thought I was a craft empire. And I kept sharing and talking. And it was like, your crafts are cute, but, you know, talk about this, talk about that. And when it got down to it for me, it was like, well, I started my blog to share more love. So does it matter if I do it this way or this way? No. And does it actually make me happier? Uh, I think I was scared. That's what it was. I was scared. To reach your full potential. I really was. I was scared. And so doing, I still love sharing crafts and baking and all of those things because they make me so happy and I love sharing what makes me happy. Um, But it wasn't. It wasn't what I was supposed to be doing, and so it didn't work out. And I think that that's the big takeaway. Um, If you work hard and if you feel called to do it, what is supposed to work out will work out. I, I just believe that so deeply. Well, our paths are still like we, we don't, we, we didn't know that we'd be where we are now. No. We, did, we just keep different paths and see what works the and fact doesn't. that we're in this new house. I mean, we lived in the same house for seven years, this small house that I didn't want to live in because we started our own businesses and we didn't have enough money to move. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it took, it took seven years and uh, we were able to buy a new house and just that we're in your He's going to make fun of me because I'm crying. You built this beautiful office. You did it. And the cool thing is, is we're still at the very start. Yeah, I think so too. So here's the thing, guys. You're awesome. You can do it. Um, Work hard. Follow your why. Go for it. I love this quote. I have been thinking about it. I want to share it with you guys. It's from Gabrielle Bernstein, and it's from her book, The Universe Has Your Back. I really enjoyed that book. I listened to it. Um, And she says, your fearless freedom will light up 
the world. You like that? I love that. I, I love that. it. I believe it with all my heart. I want to thank you guys so much for spending time with Eric and I today. I hope that by sharing our journey and sharing where we've come from and where we hope to go and just letting you guys in that a little bit that you feel a little more part of (laughs) the podcast, that you feel a bit more part of the family. I am so grateful to you for being here. And I want you to remember that sharing is caring. So if you have learned anything or if you felt excited or inspired or entertained by this podcast, please share it. Please tell people about it. We are so excited to be going down this um, new path, this exciting new project. And I also want to tell you guys about my Allison's Year of Awesome because it is, in fact, awesome. And it is still the beginning of the new year. And every single month, I am sending out a free walk calendar. It's a download. It comes through my newsletter and there is an attribute of the month and the attribute for the month of January is enthusiasm. And then all throughout the month, there are weekly challenges. So there are four weekly challenges. They're printed right there on the calendar and the weekly challenges help you put the attribute into action. So week one, we're focusing on something that is going to help you bring more enthusiasm in your life. Week two, week three, and so on. And then every month is going to have a different theme. So go to the Allisonshow.com and subscribe for that newsletter. We want to hear from you. If you have input, if you want to hear us talk about a topic, please send us an email to awesomewithallison, one L, at theallisonshow.com. So awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. Anything else you want to say, Eric? I just can't wait for the shameless plug of my music to take us out of here. Oh, baby doll, what are you going to take us out with? Uh, This is called Dead Lips by my band New Shack. Okay, can I say one more thing, though? Just one more thing, one more thing. It's my thing, it's my thing. You can have two more things. Remember, only you can be you. And you are already as awesome as you need to be. I love you so much. Okay, Eric, take it away. Here we go. Dead Lips by New Shack. You can find this on iTunes.